Welcome back to the Hour Time Podcast, the podcast for Watch Geeks by Watch Geeks. I'm John Biggs. I'm Victor Marks. I'm Nicholas DeLeon. And today on the show, we have something very special. Today, ladies and gentlemen, is Strap Day. And we have a strapping young lad named Alex Gravel who has joined us. Uh, welcome, Alex. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so, so the the goal of this show, and and you emailed us and you said, "Hey, can I be on your podcast?" And because we are a uh, we are kind and, and gentle folk, we invite everybody <laughs> onto the podcast, no matter what they do. But why don't you tell us what you do? Have we ever said no? We've never said no, and nobody's but nobody's ever no, asked never. except for Alex. <laughs> so it's actually kind of it's actually kind of sad, sad mocking. What's what is it? This says how would that be in German? Sad machen. I guess that would be the word. Anyway, Alex, please tell tell us about your experience as a strapper. Yeah, uh, about about three years ago, I started a bespoke strap making business. Um, just making straps on my dining room table here in Minneapolis. So it's. Three years down the road, um, have built a decently sized business on the side. You know, it's a, it's a nights and weekends pursuit. Um, yeah, I work with clients all over the world. Um, have made a variety of different kinds of straps for different watches, ranging. I think the the most expensive watch I've I've made a strap for is like half a million dollars. Someone bought on auction. Wow. Um, it just clients all over the world. Uh, it's, what's, it's been what's a lot your, of fun. What's your strap company called? Uh, Vel Alexander, and I named it that. So last name Gravel ends in Vel. My dad, growing up, had a carpet cleaning business called Vel Carpet Cleaning. Okay, and all right, not not quite the same same product area that I'm working with, but thought it'd be nice. Well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure your dad is actually disappointed in you, or was disappointed, yeah, probably when you yeah. when you started a strap <laughs> company as opposed to a as opposed to a dry cleaning company or carpet cleaning. I'm sorry, <laughs> the jury's out. Do you have a background in leather working or was it, could you, how did you fall into the leather strap making business? It's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, so I, I started it just the three years ago. I decided, Hey, let's try this thing. But prior to that, I, I've always been somebody who just loves working with their hands. As a kid, I was the kid taking things apart and had this uh, bin of things that I had taken apart and couldn't put back together in my closet that I was trying to hide from my parents. Uh, but I've just, I've always been drawn to creating and and making and uh, grew up in Arkansas, moved to Minnesota about five years ago. While I was in Arkansas, I used to build furniture, just very rudimentary things. But when I moved up here, I didn't have a studio space for woodworking. So just decided, hey, I love watches. Leather straps seems like something I could do. So let's give it a shot. So, so these are leather, these are straight up leather straps. You do, you do, I'm, I'm actually trying to create a leather out of an ostrich leg. What's an ostrich leg? So like a leg of an ostrich. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty exactly creepy. Like it, sounds. it is. <laughs> it is. It, it has a really interesting scale pattern though, which is yeah. attractive. And then you do like uh you do the type and then you get like a leather type. I'm looking at it now. Then you've got your full. You got your thread. This is actually a really nice little designer. So this, so, so when it comes, so when these things pop up, they just, people just make this creator and then just tell, tell you what they want. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. Wow. This is such a, okay. Well, okay. How, how do people know what 
is is good quality. Like you, you get a lot of people selling things that they'll mm-hmm. claim are genuine. You'll get people that that have these um, padded straps with the the ends completely sealed so that it looks like it's plastic mm-hmm. or wax on the sides. Mm-hmm. How, how do you know what you're looking at is good? Unfortunately, I, w- I wish there was an easy way to do it by sight. Um, you know, the the quality of a strap is really in the quality of the material itself. So like, like you had alluded to earlier with genuine leather, um, genuine leather, yes. while that's kind of a hot topic in the leather industry. And a lot of people have different opinions of what it, what it actually means and what it doesn't mean. Um, what I can tell you is that it's certainly not the, the highest quality leather that is out there. Um, the, the best leather you can get, uh, arguably, I, I think most people would agree is that it's a full grain vegetable tanned leather. Uh, and, and the reason why that's so high quality is full grain means that the entire grain, uh, which is the top layer of, of the leather that has that texture on it, that, that you look at it and you're like, that is leather, um, that is fully intact. What that means is it hasn't been sanded down or corrected for aesthetic purposes. Um, one of the downsides of that, or, or I think one of, the, one of the cool things about it, is you get a lot of natural variation from the animal itself. So if the animal had stretch marks or scarring, um, had an injury at some point, that'll show up in the leather. Obviously, higher quality products avoid those areas to try and find the most consistent grains, but it's important to buy the leather uh, with that full grain intact. So you kind of have to work around those, those variations. Do you pick all that stuff up in Minnesota or what's, what's the, no, no, I, <laughs> you got I a lot of cows in awesome. Minnesota. We yeah. do have cows. We also have uh, red wing boots are made here and there is a tannery here in red wing, Minnesota, but uh, I, I primarily work with vegetable tan leather. They do a lot of chrome tan, but I, I source from a distributor out of Salt Lake city who has direct exclusive distribution rights with all of the big tanneries over in Europe. Hmm. So the same tanneries that are supplying houses like Louis Vuitton, Cartier, Hermes, they're sending leather over here too. And uh, what's great about that distributor is they sell in small quantities. So people like me, there are a lot of makers like me in the United States, just small one-man operations. They sell it at a scale that's more manageable for us from from an economics perspective. Hmm. I'm fascinated. I just I don't I don't even know what to ask. <laughs> Like a, a whole cowhide is like 400 bucks. Um, okay. And then they're also very thick. Cowhides are, you know, typically uh, four millimeters thick, uh, just one layer. And, you know, a watch strap is made of, uh, good watch straps are made of at least three layers. Um, I think once you go up, above and beyond that, it's uh, not every layer always adds quality, but you have to thin them out. Uh, they're expensive to buy. If you buy, you know, you'd have to have a lot of capital to offer a lot of um, variety in the materials that you're offering. So it's just great to to be able to buy it by the square foot, like I do, mm-hmm. for a much cheaper price. Yeah. So I like I built a I built a, a, a strap. I just pressed a bunch of buttons, and it came out to be about four fifty, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> bit much for my blood. But I mean, I it's if it's a really really good product i can't imagine why people yeah. wouldn't pay for it was that an alligator boon strap i don't oh uh, yeah i think it, yeah i think it was i think it was a uh, ostrich leg uh with uh-huh. a uh with two i think it actually had some of the ostrich uh skin or no uh, ostrich feathers still sticking out of it that, that was my goal <laughs> i don't think so 
but no, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, no, maybe maybe I was on the wrong website. So, yeah. so tell us tell us about the tell us about the benefits the leather versus like rubber versus versus uh, uh, like bracelets. Cloth. What do you, yeah, exactly. Well, functionally, you know, cloth and rubber are going to be more resistant to just about everything. Um, I, I don't think you're buying leather for its resistance. I think you're buying leather for its tradition and craftsmanship. Because not, you know, the, the leather strap, obviously there's craftsmanship involved in turning that material into a strap, but there's also a lot of craftsmanship involved in turning that raw skin into workable mm-hmm. material. And fine vegetable tan leather sits in really highly concentrated baths of vegetable tannins for up to two months. And, and it takes a lot of skill and there's a lot of steps to turn that skin to leather. And then, you know, the luxury economy that's built up around leather. Um, people appreciate it. It's fine goods are made from fine materials and leather's a very beautiful, fine material that, you know, the, the tactical experience is great depending on what leather you get. Good leathers will age with you and develop a patina over time. Uh, so when you think of like the handles on a Louis Vuitton bag that start out as a really, really pale tan, that's a natural undyed vachetta leather that over time um, starts to take on the oils and moisture um, from everyday life and use and starts to develop a really beautiful, even golden brown patina. Going back to choosing material, I think you choose a material based on those criteria, not necessarily based on, well, unless it is a very functional decision, in which case Mm -hmm. if you're buying a strap for a watch that you want to wear in the water on vacation, stay completely away from leather. Okay. Cordura or Cordova, I can't remember. Cordura nylon Cordura. strap or a rubber strap. Cordura. Yeah. And is is there any? Why are you uh, why are you focusing on straps only? You're thinking about bags. You think about little carrying cases, anything like that. That might be fun too. Yeah, uh, thinking about it very passively. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I started this because I'm a huge watch nerd. I think I mentioned in my email. I started listening mm-hmm. to you and Ariel. I went back back in 2015, so six years ago. <laughs> Um, and that that's was, longer than me and I'm yeah. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember, I mean, I, I was traveling a lot for work back then and I would just listen to you for hours in the car, just taking road trips across the Midwest. That's, that's sounds like the worst idea ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't understand. I don't understand it. I learned a ton and, you know, not to pay lip service or blow smoke anywhere. Um, uh, but I, I credit you and him with a lot of, the information that drove me to really develop and refine that passion over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that information was all wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there, there just wasn't a lot of, there wasn't uh, much in the way of podcasting for watches back then. And, yeah. you know, not that I wouldn't have chosen you if, if there were other shows I did real, I've enjoyed the show over these, over the last several years, but I, I, I learned a ton from it. Oh, and well, that's I've, good. anyway, so I, I started this because I love watches and I I was just trying to find a way to intersect this passion around this, this thing and my need to create. And so that's why I started with watch straps. Um, Mm -hmm. Do I anticipate that I might extend in other product lines? Probably it's not a focus right now. Um, I think my goal is to become one of the household names when people think of beautiful bespoke watch straps, I would like them to think Phil Alexander. All right. I like it. I, I got to ask a question. So yeah. I, I want to know what is the deal with the edge finishing on, on the strap? What is that? <laughs> so it's a, um, I, I 
I don't know exactly what it's made of. It is a some some kind of rubbery, plasticky something, which I know sounds terrible. It's not. It's actually really, really, really important. Why? It, it's completely waterproof, and it seals in the most vulnerable part of the leather in any watch strap. Because when you cut an edge, uh, you've you've cut that edge down through all of the layers of leather. The flesh part of the leather is the most susceptible to moisture and damage over time, especially with really high quality vegetable tan leather. It's it's still an organic material. And over time, when you get it wet, it's the moisture is going to degrade it. Um, the fibers are going to become less dense. And that, that's when things like tearing start to happen, stretching, tearing, things like that. So the edge paint finishes it. Um, so it seals everything in. Uh, but then it's also, it's another opportunity to make your strap more personalized. So you can choose a bunch of different colors and make it match the aesthetic that you're going for. Right. My, my dislike of it has always been that it feels plastic-like, right? Mm-hmm. And here I am getting a very nice leather strap with good quality leather. Yeah. And now it feels like plastic. Well, I always, I always thought that, I always thought that that stuff was actually Good. I thought that was better. It added a little bit of a, it added a lot more refinement to the piece. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, there's I, good I, edge I, paint and there's also bad edge paint. Yeah. Uh, there are edge paints that feel really crappy and plasticky. And then there are really nice edge paints, like the edge paints that Hermes uses, for example, are really, really nice ones um, that have a matte finish that are finished very well, uh, where it's smooth to the touch. There's not a lot of, um, defects in the in the way that it was applied uh, so i think it all depends on whose strap you're looking at and what edge paint they used and the technique they used to apply it thank you for answering that it's it's been one of those things <laughs> anytime nicholas do you have any questions about straps uh i yeah i mean i have a million questions and but they're all kind of like noob questions and I, I know you hinted earlier but is is now now's the time well ask ask the noob question i know you you kind of alluded to earlier but like what are the tiers of leather? Because I, I remember I, I said before we recorded, I don't know anything. I bought a bunch of genuine leather and I thought I was like a hot shot. I later found out that genuine leather is basically junk. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a Horween leather. Is that any better? Like, uh, So are there like, you know, if you're someone who doesn't know anything about this and you're like, oh, I'd like a leather yeah. strap. What are like the tiers that, that uh, a cheat sheet, so to speak? Yeah. So uh, genuine leather is... Uh, again, a lot of controversy around what it is, what it isn't. Does that term dictate the material that is actually used to make up genuine leather? It, you can go online and find all kinds of different opinions and controversy around it, which is kind of funny. Um, it, it's overall, it's probably something you want to avoid, especially if you're looking for a high quality product that's going to last you a long time. Um, one thing I can say confidently with genuine leather is that they typically apply uh, really thick pigmented finishes to the top of the leather. Okay. And those that's the type of stuff that's going to rub off over time. And which kills the whole point of it. It's like exactly. the point of a leather is to get like the the you know the the aesthetic of the of the animal. Now we're just yeah. now we're just painting. It's like it. the jewelry that turns your hand green. Yeah. It's as if that jewelry finish just rubbed off over time and the jewelry itself were to turn green. Hmm. It something again in high quality products to probably to avoid. So from that I would say you step up to, if, if I think of how leather is graded, I think of the thickness of the grain being the largest indicator of quality. So then I would go to, to suede. Um, suede, the, the way that, they, that you make suede is you take a leather and you sand off all the grain 
and you get down or you sand off the top layer of the leather, which is the, the thickest part of the grain, to get down to more the nappy, fleshy finish. That is, it's an inherently weak material. The, the strength of leather, leather comes from the grain. So when you sand it all off, you get the less dense, uh, more fibrous part that's going to be much more easily penetrated by moisture and oils. Uh, it's just not going to last you as long. Some producers apply uh, water sealant to it to make it last longer, which could be good, could be bad, depending on your views of introducing chemicals into a natural organic product. Definitely makes it last longer. But from there, you're going to maybe top grain, which is where you have a full grain, but they sand down a bit of the grain to correct it. So you still get some of the physical grain aesthetic at the top. It's just sanded down to just make it look a little bit more consistent. And then you go all the way up to full grain, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Still has all layers of that grain, natural defects and all. The most desirable. Do you have any opinions regarding like uh, watch types and leather, like good combinations? Uh, like is a is a diver on well that's that kind of doesn't no, make no, a ton no, of sense no divers uh, at all a leather strop yeah uh so yeah well what, what what are some like uh fun combinations out there or or popular combinations that you see folks ordering yeah um so you, you mentioned one of the most interesting pairings out there which is leather on a diver a lot of people do it and i i suppose know, it looks cool it doesn't seem super yeah. functional but if you aren't going in the water what do you care you get to wear your exactly. nice watch yeah, yeah no yeah exactly I, I would argue from a functional perspective it makes zero sense uh from an aesthetic <laughs> purpose if, if that's a look you're going for a lot of you know it, it has a very vintagey appeal i i would say so you, you can definitely do it if you want i i do it for a lot of clients uh, a lot of people like that combination i i'd say you know I start bucketing watches into groups of, is it more dressy? Is it more casual? Within casual, okay. is it highly complicated? Is it a chronometer? Or excuse me, is it a chronograph? You know, does it have a moon phase complication? Is the dial more sterile or is there a lot going on there? And then I kind of let those criteria lead my recommendations to clients. Uh, so for instance, if you got a dress watch, you know, are you wearing it in a dress setting? If so, you know, my first gut instinct would be alligator. If alligator is not an option, uh, which it isn't for people outside of the U.S. for the most part, um, there are restrictions on the trade of, of um, big reptile skins. Hmm. Uh, I would then go to ostrich leg, which has a similar graining, but kind of different pattern and can lean a little bit more formal if you want it to. If it's more casual, you know, what... How do you typically dress? What does your wardrobe look like? Um, how do you like to wear your watch in what settings? And, you know, start. Are, are you a more formal person or a more casual person? Do you like color? Do you not like color? Is it vital that the leather of the watch strap matches your shoes? I would say in a dress setting, yes. That's one of the questions I ask people. So if we're going for a straight up dress watch, I'm like, what belt and shoes are you wearing? And um, what if I wear like a one of those douchey like leather bracelets? Do I have to match it to my... Or can I, or can I, can I just kind of like, uh, whatever contrast? Would, would you make me one of those douchey leather bracelets? Don't, nobody's uh, making it. Nobody's getting any <laughs> douchey bracelets on this show. I assure you. But, but, but no, I don't you can't have bracelets, one. No. Yeah. But, Alex is not making anybody a bracelet. <laughs> can I interject I, very quickly here? Would you like a, to do a, a duplet random, tour kind of bracelet for me? Cause 
take it off take it offline a double tour for a client actually nicholas what's i had no idea yeah, I had no idea your shoes were supposed to bat your belt yeah. until John, your wife, told oh, that's me so good. when I was like 20 years old. She's yeah. like, what are you doing wearing that? I was like, I don't know. She's like, they're supposed to match. I was like, oh, this is how dumb I am. That exchange led to, a, led to a full thing that we won't get into during the show, but it was a uh, – oh. all right. So, so where can people find – I don't find, remember that. Yeah, you definitely don't. Where, where can people find your uh, – where can people find your, your, your craftsmanship, Alex? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Val Alexander, uh, V-E-L-L-E. V-E-L-L-E, okay. Yep, Alexander or ValAlexander.com. All right. And the, and is there a special coupon code that we can give people so they can get a special deal? How dare it's you? It's really expensive. You're asking it's an artisan super expensive. for a discount. I, I will, I will purchase one at full price. No, I, so I, I don't offer any discounts. Um, Good. And the reason Good. I don't is I operate it on nights and weekends. I have a full-time gig uh, that I got to take care of too. And any time I'm spending on Val is time taken away from other things I could be doing personally. So you swine, if you want, if you want a cheaper, you want a cheaper bracelet, you go to straps Co. or whatever. And if you want something good, you go to Alex and he's, he's not going to give you a discount. If you want something, if you want something amazing, you go to Alex. All right. Well, Alex, I have another question. We forgot to ask Alex uh, (laughs) a wrist check. What are you wearing? Yeah. What are you wearing? Ask him. Oh yeah. I'm wearing my, uh, IWC pilot Mark 18 with a beige Torreon calfskin. And did you make the did you make the calfskin yourself? Uh, I didn't. I didn't make the calfskin. I made oh, the strap with God. the calfskin. <laughs> what? Well, no, well, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, the strap. The strap. But I'm not saying. I'm not yeah. saying. Did you actually grow the cow? I'm saying. Did you make the strap? <laughs> of course. Yes. It'd be blasphemy if I didn't. Beautiful. And, and and what's what's the what's the thinking on the bun strap before we go? Does does that, is is that a thing? Do people like this? Do like people like the bun strap? What's what's the point? People like it. It's. The, I mean, the only point today is aesthetic. Uh, the reason mm-hmm. the Boone was invented was for, I think it was German pilots. Yeah. Um, and Boone came from Bundes something, uh, mm-hmm. some German word I can't remember. Uh, you know, back in the day when airplanes were not pressurized, they had wide swings in temperature that would affect the metal of their watch. And then it would either make, you know, make it really hot or really cold on your wrist. So they just needed to put yeah. another piece of leather there to make it more comfortable. Hmm. But it's is it is it fairly popular? Are you seeing a lot of people picking them up? Oh, or? Yeah. oh yeah, really? It's yeah. I I feel like a lot of people credit Jason Heaton with with that mm-hmm. rise in popularity. He's at least mentioned in a lot yeah. of watch articles about bootstraps. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, a style right now. I've actually I have one in my uh, on my outgoing orders that I'm going to ship out tomorrow that I just finished up for a client. All right, there we have it. Everything you need to know about straps, uh, head over to uh, velalexander.com to check out these straps, pick one up, uh, support local artisans who are who are creating art, essentially, which is far superior to anything that we ever do here on this podcast. I'm John Biggs. I'm Victor. I'm Nicholas. And we will see you next week. Thanks, Alex, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Hour Time Show, the official podcast of wristwatchreview.com. Feel free to email us at tips at wristwatchreview.com with your feedback and suggestions. And please be sure to visit wristwatchreview.com and wristwatchreview on Instagram for more fun watch content. Have a nice day.